Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Talking Your Way to Change. My name is Dr. Zan Banker, and I am the host of this show. I'm a licensed psychologist with 23 years of experience, and I am excited to have this platform to educate others about mental health and psychotherapy. Hi, welcome back to Talking Your Way to Change. This is Dr. Banker. Today's episode is Understanding Intimacy Stumbling Blocks Through the Lens of Attachment. This is part one of a two-part series. Many listeners have heard this word attachment thrown around quite a bit, either in parenting books or classes, or perhaps dating and marriage advice books. Today, I want to talk about what attachment means and why we should care. I would love to give listeners more information about the functions of attachment. Understanding your attachment style can give you more power and choice over the behaviors that you may feel propelled towards in your romantic relationships. Let's dive in. What is attachment? Biology has taught us that humans, despite having the largest brain of all mammals, are the most dependent mammal at our time of birth. Our ability to form a bond to our caregivers is necessary for our survival. The original bond formed between a child and parent is bidirectional in that both the child and the parent influence the nature of the attachment style. The environment also plays a significant role. Think poverty, global pandemic, perhaps distance learning. We have studied the ways in which children attach to their caregivers. Even in dangerous circumstances, they will adapt the way that they connect to ensure their survival. In these circumstances of adversity, three attachment styles have emerged. The anxious attachment style, the avoidant attachment style, and the ambivalent attachment style. The last attachment style is, of course, the secure attachment, which unfolds in optimal and good enough circumstances or environments. We also know that children who have secure attachments thrive. Literally, a world of possibilities opens up to them. We have decades of research that show children who have secure attachments tend to be happier, kinder, more socially competent, and more trusting of others. They have better relationships with parents, siblings, and friends. They do better in school. They stay physically healthier and create more fulfilling relationships as adults. I am hoping a lot of those kids are around in 20 years when I get older. Research has demonstrated that the attachment style we developed in our formative years carries with us into our adult romantic relationships. Our attachment styles often determine how we begin and end relationships, as well as our capacity for intimacy during the relationship. It gives us one explanation of why we find it difficult to break patterns of behavior in our romantic relationships, even when we vow to change. What we see in insecure attachments is that when they collide, we realize that loving someone is just not enough. Let's take a closer look at each attachment style. Okay, secure attachments. Individuals with secure attachments 
developed in a loving relationship in which confident caregivers were able to consistently respond to their cues, signals, behaviors. These caregivers tended to be authoritative and they were likely secure themselves. I love this definition by Hoffman, Cooper, and Powell. A secure attachment is confidence and trust in the goodness of me, you, and us that a person carries with them throughout their daily life. Adults who have secure attachment styles view their relationships with confidence and equity. They're good at communicating their needs without being hung up on whether or not their partner will respond to them. They view themselves as partly responsible for their partner's needs. Thus, often offer support when asked. For example, when your partner comes up to you distressed that their fantasy football player is injured and you think to yourself, ah, buck up, buttercup, lead instead with, oh man, that's rough. Folks with secure attachments recognize when their partner is beginning to escalate and often will make a gesture to put out that fire. Finally, these folks have the ability to master what the brilliant couples therapist Esther Perel considers the contradicting needs that we are born with. We need security and we need freedom to explore. We all hunger for a sense of belonging and we hunger for separation so that we can go out into the world and imagine new possibilities for ourselves. Perel reflects that today we try to not only reconcile this tension in our romantic relationships, but at work as well. I think of this inner dialogue as, I want to be creative. Oh, I want my work to be meaningful, but I also want a good paycheck each month. Let's use dance as a comparison. The securely attached person embodies a dance in which they are at times separate, at times being embraced, and at times clinging to their partner. In the next portion, I will talk more about the insecure attachments. Despite the simplicity of what type of parenting leads to secure attachments, the reality is is that many of us struggle to manifest this and thus insecure attachment patterns get formed. The first style we will discuss is the anxious attachment style. Individuals who develop an anxious attachment style sometimes have parents who are sometimes there for them, but sometimes not. These parents tend to be intermittently available or rewarding and then inexplicably unavailable and misattuned. Thus, it leaves the child confused and frustrated, sometimes clingy and desperate. Adults who have anxious attachment styles are often preoccupied with the status of their relationships and they need a lot of reassurance. They crave or tend to hunger for intimacy and they worry about whether or not their partner loves them. And they often feel anxious and incomplete when not in a relationship. Here's an example of internal thoughts of someone with an anxious attachment. I really think Steve is amazing. Oh, he's just brilliant. I've never felt so in love before. I hope he doesn't care that I'm not that smart. He hasn't texted or called me today. 
I want him to text me. I wonder if I should text him. No, that'll seem too needy. Oh man, I can't concentrate. I need to quit checking my emails and phone. Maybe I should just go shopping and buy a really hot dress. I could wear it on the next date or plan an extravagant meal. I just hate that he said that we can't date during the week. Oh, what if he calls? What if he doesn't call? You know what? When he calls, I'm not even going to answer. Okay, now let's turn to the avoidant attachment style. The avoidant attachment style often had parents who met their basic needs, but he or she were not able to meet the child's emotional needs. For the child, the parent may feel like an emotional desert. Children in this situation learn that the best way to get their needs met by their parent is to act like they don't have any. They adapt by becoming removed from their emotions and developing a pseudo-independent stance of, I can take care of myself. Adults who have the avoidant attachment style tend to minimize closeness. And although they want intimacy, they fear they will have to give up their independence. And despite wanting closeness, may actually feel suffocated by it at the same time. When they come in, become emotionally distressed, they tend to wall themselves off and pull away. They also tend to have really unrealistic views of romantic relationships. Couples therapist Terry Real in his book, Fierce Intimacy, touches on this notion that people who have secure attachments and healthy self-esteem realize that in the course of an evening on a romantic date, that it's common to have both loving and unloving thoughts about your partner. People with avoidant attachment styles might think that that means that they don't have the perfect mate. The inner world of an avoidant person might sound something like this. Man, Jennifer's so attractive, but I guess I really wish she had dark hair. She's really not that confident in herself either. I'm pretty sure I loved my ex, Sarah, more intensely. I wish she would stop asking me to spend the night. I just feel trapped. After we've made love, I want to go home. If I spend the night, then I might have to deal with the whole breakfast thing. The last attachment style I will discuss is the ambivalent attachment. Often these individuals had parents who were frightening to them. In this scenario, the parent reacted unpredictably. For example, the parent may at one moment laugh and reward a certain behavior and at another explode with anger at the same behavior. Individuals with ambivalent attachment styles are reluctant to become close to others. Yet, they also fear their partners don't love them. These adults may come on really strong and then in today's terms might ghost their new dating partner. These adults are often very confused about what they want. They want their partners to be available to them at all times, but they really don't know how to establish any real intimacy. Today, we talked about four attachment styles. If you think you have an insecure attachment style, 
The takeaway I want to give you is you can develop and earn secure attachment. We're not victims of our past experiences. There are many ways of doing this. You can form an attachment with a securely attached partner, and you can, of course, engage in psychotherapy. The magic of therapy is that it has built-in parameters that lend towards security. It's safe, it's reliable, it's consistent, and it is all about you. With a therapist, you can explore and face many painful realities that you may have had in your developing years. Your attachment style is a working model and you can renovate that model. Take some time and reflect on how you offer and receive comfort in your romantic relationships. If you are interested in taking an assessment of your own attachment style, there are a few links in the show notes for today. In our next episode, I will offer more strategies to overcome some common specific stumbling blocks that we have in our romantic relationships. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Banker. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I need to alert you that this podcast is not meant to be a substitution for mental health treatment. Although we talk about psychotherapy, this is not your psychotherapy. If listeners are interested in pursuing therapy, I would refer you to psychologytoday.com backslash US or your insurance carrier network. Okay, thanks again. Until next time.